I know it's been one of those weeks for me, so I don't know about all of you, but this week comes to a close, and what better way to close off this week on a positive note than with Mike Up? So Mike and I are raring to go here. This is another episode of Mike Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Pittsburgh Sports Now and all throughout the Now family of networks. I'm Mike Osti. That's Mike Vakovacan. And while we are trying to end the week on a positive note, there are some programs that it has not been positive recently at all, and they really can't hope but end this week no. on a positive note. It's just not going to happen for them. We're going to talk college basketball again. Pitt, West Virginia, Duquesne in particular. It actually looks like we got a network with several college teams, three major outlets that are covering three major programs. We got some minor programs that are there as well, and we could have the unthinkable of getting completely shut out in wow. March. Yeah, shut out. So as unbelievable as that sounds, and the only hope is just a dire hope right now. So we're going to talk Pitt, West Virginia, and even Duquesne, and what's happened to this year. And Mike, to get us started, we almost need to eat some crow for the last time we did a show. You were feeling ill. I was dealing with a hacked Twitter account. It's been about a week since we were on, and when we were on before, it was after a Pitt winning streak. Jeff Capel was actually gaining some favor. There were Pitt fans ready to give him more time, and he's going to be back. But it was positive about the program. 24 hours after that show, they would then lose to Georgia Tech. That was a bad loss at home. They would then lose again. And that winning streak is, is just such a memory now that it's now, oh, Pitt's, you know, losing another year. They're playing down to opponents, even though you knew it was going to go on this year. There's a sour taste in Pitt fans' mouth yet again. Have your feelings about this program, about Jeff Capel, about anything to do with Pitt basketball changed at all from the winning streak to now a couple more losses? Obviously, this year wasn't going anywhere anyway, but it now leaves you in that negative taste as this year comes to a close again, and it's looking like they might potentially not win again before this year closes out. Uh, no. Uh, nothing's this is the way it's been and this is the way it's just you know it's going to be at least for this year for Capel's sake it better be uh no nothing's changed uh the only thing I said was I thought they were making progress the discouraging part I will admit though that even though the four the three game losing streak whatever they had yeah uh at the beginning of the season we talked about when they were losing all those losses I believe uh, I don't have the number in my head, but yeah. uh, a number of those losses, uh, five or six of those losses right at the beginning, once they start playing uh, Virginia in the uh, beginning of December, were by yeah. single digit points. They were by one, two, three points. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, Jeff yeah. Capel even said they should have lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, they were competitive. Minnesota, Notre Dame, all those games, they were competitive. And you saw the, you saw the fight. You saw the competitiveness. Sure. And, you know, they didn't they couldn't close out in the last seconds. The discouraging part, the only thing that I will say negative now is these losses, uh, I believe four or five straight of these uh, of their last losses have been by double digit points. Uh, so I don't know if that's whether the kids are getting discouraged, uh, fatigue of a season, whatever it is. But that's sort of been a trend uh, for a capable team, at least at Pitt is once a season comes to a close, it looks like their players check out, uh, at least physically, uh, prior to the season. And that's not a 
That's not a good thing. That loss no. to Miami, no. loss to Miami was embarrassing. They lost by 21 points, and uh, that really wasn't uh, an indication of how close it was. It was a 30-point game. Uh, they were embarrassed. Uh, and the embarrassing loss was, too, was to Georgia Tech. That's when they had a three-game winning streak. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, they're playing yeah. the last place. They're playing the last place team in the conference. Uh, you're at home. You finally have some momentum, and then you come out in the first half. Uh, you know, and you and you crap the bed, and then you try to come back in the second half, and you can't do that. So that's discouraging. But I, I don't think anything. Jeff Capel's uh, make or break season will be next season. It's going to be next season. He's going to be back for it. And yeah, next season is going to be a big deal. They're going to at least need to turn this around, give a better feeling around the program, regardless of the situation. He is going to look to the transfer portal, as we've talked about tons before. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Mike. Everyone knew this season, we're talking about March. Pitt wasn't going to be playing in March, regardless of what happened. Everyone knew that. They dealt with a lot this year. The roster just wasn't going to, going to call for that. But <laughs> And George and I talked about this on the postgame shows. You have a three-game win streak. You show you can beat those teams. You show you're competitive with better teams earlier in the year. Your head coach says he still is losing sleep over the loss of Notre Dame, who they will play again. Pitt really should have won that game. And then you're at home. The fans are literally on Twitter saying, we might have been too hard on the team. You're getting positive coverage, and you lose to the worst team in the conference who now could probably say that Pitt was the worst team because they now beat Pitt was six point win for Georgia tech in that game right after the three game win streak. And then if you want to say, okay, that's an aberration. The fans still showed up again a little bit more at the Peterson for the Miami Peterson event center for the Miami game. And then you not only lose, you might as well have thrown the towel and not played. Yeah. You literally might've been better off calling them before and saying we are forfeiting this game because the effort that was put out there was just God awful. It almost would, it almost feels like it would have been better if they just lost five straight by a point or two. Cause then you could have said the efforts there, they're just not that good enough on the board <coughs> to win three in a row and then get shellacked in these games, especially that Miami game. It almost gives you a worse feeling. And again, yeah, Cable's going to be back. You can't be too hard on the team. Nobody would have won that much with this team this year. Next year has pressure. There's things, but, there's things God, yeah, there's there's things more than just the uh, the the term win or loss. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Heather Light right. and people that are looking at this program are looking for other things too, as far as uh, and she just, traveled with this team. She went to the North yeah. Carolina win, which just, is another thing. Yeah, just looking around as far just looking at the players' uh, right. body language. Do they look prepared? Their compete level in a game. Uh, just stuff like how they're carrying themselves. Are they so you know? Jeff Capel. I'll say this. I wrote this the other day. Um, I don't know that I would have this opinion totally right. if, it, if it wasn't for the buyout. Uh, I reported the other day that uh, Jeff Capel's buyout with Pitt uh, after this season is fifteen million dollars, and, and unless. Uh, some billionaire, uh, David Tepper from the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> decides to write out a check. Uh, Jeff Capel isn't Elon going Musk. Yeah. yeah, he's not going anywhere this year uh, yeah. unless they inherit a lot of money. Yeah, because who, who would they get if Jeff Capel is fired and you got to pay the buyout? Aside from that, Pitt is not in a position. Pitt's That's a, a lot of money. 
that's right. not going to be paying $15 million to have a coach walk away. No. Next year, however, his the buyout goes down to $5 million. Yeah, it's reasonable. And, and that's, that's uh, you know, more appealing if things don't go right. So that if, if Jeff Capel's buyout was $5 million after this season, I think it would be a 50-50 coin flip as to whether he would return. I yeah. think the buyout uh, is a big reason. I'm not going to say the only reason because there's other factors, but I think it's a big reason why Capel will return. And I think, uh, you know, he's not, he's no dumb guy. He realizes that uh, he, I know he realizes that. And uh, he will do everything he can to uh, return in. Well, that, well, that's why he's probably looking more to the transfer portal. Than yes. he, he knows he has to win three years. He got to win right away. He does he has the to pressure win. to win right away. At least have a winning season, even if you're not a tournament team. But I, I also think, and this is interesting, that maybe if his buyout was five million dollars instead of the fifteen. Maybe these games would matter more because as we keep saying, they're not looking great now. They were looking great for a while, but he's going to be back regardless. But that's a question for you here before we move on to West Virginia and Duquesne. If his buyout was $5 million, hypothetically, and you saw a three-game win streak, a win over North Carolina, and then just sleepwalking, it, it almost appeared that they were drunk on the floor, and I don't mean literally, but metaphorically speaking, against Georgia Tech and Miami, and then they keep going the rest of the year, would you be looking at these individual games with more of a microscope, and maybe if you're Heather like having meetings with Jeff saying, hey, you know, wink, wink, this buyout's pretty reasonable, you just lost by 20 to a bad team after a win streak, you got to, what's going on here? Like, would it be harder and more pressure on these individual games if that buyout was more reasonable for you, if you're running the program? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's what I said. I, I think it would be a 50-50. I think Heather Like would have some hard discussions. Yeah, the, the other fact- Because you've also is, said that you think that she really wants it to work out and she doesn't yes, like Jeff Capel as a guy. So it still would be a hard decision for her, even if yes. the buyout was free. Well, the other, the other factor in this- is that, uh, you know, this doesn't get talked about a lot, right. but this was Heather Likes' big move. Uh, yeah, she inherited Narduzzi, at, right. She inherited Narduzzi. Yeah. Her biggest move as Pitt Athletic Director so far has been hiring Jeff Capel yeah. and then making the decision to give him an, him an extension through 2027. She did, has done a great job with a lot of the minor sports, but oh yeah, yeah, minor, volleyball program, yeah, yeah. But they're minor sports. Yeah, her, her, this will be on her resume as far as uh, moves. And yeah, if you're not winning in football and men's basketball, your programs yeah, and, and that's doesn't just, matter what's going on. That's just person. reality. She's a, very, she's a prideful right. person. She's a very talented person. Right. Yeah. She, she wants this to work out. She doesn't want to have to cut bait uh, this will be on her resume for wherever she goes after this yeah this would be a bad hire if it doesn't work out uh immediately for for heather like so she wants to give this every opportunity to work yeah and she believed in jeff capel there's a lot of people that believed in jeff capel so it, so he will get every benefit of the doubt from the people over there just from an optics perspective 
Yeah, because uh, if it doesn't work out either way, and she's looking for another position somewhere with another similar school, they're the going to ask hire Jeff Capel. Well, or, they're going to yeah, they're going to yeah. ask her. Number one, they're going to say you're the one who hired Jeff Capel. So if it doesn't work out, and he has a horrible year next year, and the year after that he's somehow back, they're going to say, why did you let Jeff Capel stay so long when it was just continuously losing, losing, losing? And she hopefully is going to have the answer eventually. Well, it eventually turned around. I believed in the guy. It eventually turned around. We had to keep on going. I believed in him. But if it never turns around and she keeps letting him linger, it's going to look bad. Yeah, it's going to look like she just maybe personally was too attached to this coach. Then yeah. maybe wasn't too – because she even though Narduzzi clearly is secure now and turned it around and he's going to be there a while and had a great season – there were people that were accusing her a while before of not putting her foot on the gas that maybe she is, you don't want to be knee jerk and good programs are not, but maybe she's not as comfortable firing somebody. Like maybe she's giving too many chances. So that worked out with, with Narduzzi for sure. But now what will it will, will be the result with Jeff Capel, Mike to move on to West Virginia. And they are the team that I alluded to looking at the season, the way it was progressing that looked like, okay, we could at least get West Virginia in the, in March madness in the tournament. Bob Huggins will get them there. They were 13 and two at one point. Do you hear me? Anyone not listening? I'm going to wake you up. They were 13 and two. They were arguing and mad. They weren't ranked after beating UConn and they should have been. They were 13 and two. I don't care who they played. They were 13 and two. God, they have one win in their last 12 games, I believe, right now. And yeah, there are some ranked losses in there. There also are some bad and non-ranked losses in there. They lost to some teams multiple times, but I can't remember the last time anyone was singing Country Roads or West Virginia won a game. God. What is what what is the uh I'll admit I don't I I follow from a right from a fan's perspective, from a media perspective with so much stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in the everyday uh, minutia of what what is going on with uh, what is what is their problem sure. I see I see parts of the game I see the box score yeah I see the losing streak uh, <laughs> yeah if you had a pin if, if, if you're pinning one thing on what the hell happened this season as far as um, uh, what what yeah. what what turned this from uh, from that start to what's going on what what's the biggest factor Wow. Um, well, I will say before I answer that, I didn't expect this to be a final four year or a sweet 16 year or a lead eight year. And I know Bob Huggins put, in a, put a three seed on a team last year. The maybe didn't think of that either, even though we have an NBA player at Miles McBride who was there. But it's just unbelievable and unfathomable. I know we've talked about this through text and off air that everyone, no matter whether you like West Virginia or not, every or even like Bob Huggins or not, Everyone around the country, every fan, media member, coach, player, everyone respects Bob Huggins. And nobody two months ago would ever think a Bob Huggins team, even if it's you, myself, Alan Saunders, George, and Ethan Bach playing, would lose that often every day for that long. You just don't do it. It, You don't get his record. He doesn't get that to happen. So I'm shocked about this incredible losing. I would say the issue really, which is coming to roost now, is they're a one-horse driven team offensively. Taz Sherman was a guy that was under Deuce McBride last year, was part of a player emerging with helping depth with scoring. He's now had to be the guy this year. He's had his moments where he's been the guy. He's had other moments where he's not been enough of the guy. He's been hurt a little bit as well. Bridges has not stepped up as the number three. I know our Ethan Box wrote articles and appeared on shows with me saying he had to be the number three. He believed in him. He somehow keeps telling me he believes in him for next year. 
he's been a six point nine point guy. He's not really been a number three on on this team when they're good. And McNeil's been there. He's been okay at times. They just don't have enough offensively, and certainly are driven by just one man. And what really has now really been evident that was even a problem earlier in the year when they were winning. They cannot rebound at all outside of Gabe. And Mike, one thing that I'm getting from Bob Huggins, I don't know if you've watched any of these post-game clips we have from Pittsburgh Sports Live or anything. I've been around him a while. I've covered him before. I've certainly known him for a long time in terms of professionally. It almost feels like to me, he knows this team isn't going anywhere. He realized that weeks ago. And he's a guy that if he believes in his team, regardless of the record, like last year, they were losing a little bit at the end of the year. He said, we have an NBA player here. This is a good team. We can win. I don't care what our record is. You're not hearing that this year. He's been waffling from being hard on the team to being nice to the team and going back and forth. But recently he's really made it clear. He benched Gabe. This is a team in the midst of a losing streak, having one big because the other one left to go to Kentucky, a horrible rebounding team. Gabe is the leading rebounder in every game. He's a double-double machine. He is the only guy who's going to get you anything or any of work on the glass. He benched him, then gave him limited minutes. Bob Huggins is not going to put up with crap and will do whatever he has to do regardless of a losing streak. But based on his comments already talking about, we're going to change the roster. We're going to go to the transfer portal. We got to recruit better. If you're not going to fit in, you got you can get out of town. He knows this season not going anywhere, and he's sending a message to this team that, hey, I'll just keep on losing. I'm going to the Hall of Fame anyway. Yeah. If you're not going to do it right, I don't care. So I think benching Gabe was a major sign that Bob Huggins knows where this season's going. They just don't have the depth. But even with not having the depth, this is crazy. This is crazy to have this happen to a Bob Huggins team. And I will also say, Mike, there are some people now who I've heard, I don't know if you've seen this. There are some people now bringing up, well, Bob Huggins is a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But is he losing touch with the modern day player? You can't just bench a player because they roll your eyes at you. You're trying to win games. He's being a little too ridiculous. This is, you know, he's being so hard on the team. Now they're not playing for him. Is that a whole conversation? Number one, he's obviously never going to be fired from West Virginia for what he's done for the program. You're probably not going to get a 900 win Hall of Famer after he's gone. So enjoy it now. And number three, he just led a team to a three seed a year ago. He just had Javon Carter in a Sweet 16 appearance, who's now, again, in the NBA not long ago. So it's not like he hasn't won recently. This isn't a, this is an anomaly that I don't think anyone gets. Yeah, they should be better next year, but they got to do a lot of work to retool this roster, and they need more depth. But there's a little pressure on him, and wow. It's the same thing with uh, – it's almost the same situation with Duquesne. With, yeah. Uh, Damn right. You're talking about the same thing. I was looking through Bob Hoggins' record. Uh, since 1984, he's only had 1984. 1984. I was not born. I was not born yeah. yet. Not 2004. <laughs> 1984. Right. He's only had two seasons like this. Uh, 2012 and 2018. Lord. The rest has been wins. So, yeah, 2012 was a seven-game losing streak, I believe, if I recall. Yeah. yeah. And the same thing going on now with uh, Keith Dambrot. This is going to be his worst season professionally since 1991 uh, when he was with Central Michigan. He's what is it, 13 now? 11, something like that, a losing streak? 13 in a row, yeah. Wow. This yeah. is a guy that <laughs> yeah. at Akron had a six, uh, six, eight, seven win percentage. 68% of the games he won. And even at Duquesne, 
which has been an abysmal program. Yeah. Uh, with them, he has a 500 winning percentage, 514. What's going on right now is uh, – And he's saying the same stuff Bob Huggins said, where I might need a new roster, I picked the roster wrong, well, all that. He, he had one things. of the most – in all my years of covering the media, being in the yeah. media and covering uh, coaches from baseball to football to whatever you want to talk about, there has not been – in my – the only one that I could possibly put in that category <laughs> is Dave Wanstatt. Okay. Okay. Um, a more enjoyable guy to talk to he is because of there's no bs with him he's so honest he's so honest he's honest to a fault almost but he doesn't care and that's a good thing because he's done it he's done everything And you don't even you don't even need to buy him a beer before he's honest he's just yeah he tells it in his press conference the other day uh talking to uh talking to zach zach members was talking about he and he talked about how he made a decision last year the team chemistry on this team and the characters and the personalities and stuff was going on he was tired of it right and whether it was going to be good or bad for the team he got rid of all those guys in one way or the other they could say they transferred in all likelihood they were told to transfer <laughs> yeah and, and, and they're all going on and they're all, and I did a story the other day, how they're all having success now with the new programs. Right. And he asked, I uh, was asked, did you maybe make a mistake as far, not a mistake, but did you maybe go too far as far as getting rid of Yeah. Them? Try to keep some, at least of one or two. And trying to bring it in, in focusing too much on chemistry and yeah. good people as opposed to really getting really good basketball players. And he said, yeah, I probably did that a little bit, which is, yeah. An unbelievable statement. It's going to be a long off season for Keith. Uh, I don't know by that statement. I don't know where he's going to go. As far I was as- going to say, because with West Virginia with Bob Huggins, you can retool quicker. You can convince a guy to come to a Hall of Fame head coach. It's a major program. It is rough in the Big Twelve, but they've been very competitive prior to this year in that conference. As you know, it's hard at Duquesne to rebuild and retool. It took him a while to even get back to being competitive. What is the future of Duquesne? And how much longer do you think Keith Zambro is going to be there? He certainly has been around a long time. He's not a young guy. He has an accomplished resume. He doesn't need to just sit there and keep on losing, but I'm not sure how much longer Duquesne even wants to have him there and keep on losing. I don't know the answer to that second question. I will try to find that out. But this is going to be an interesting because on paper, he, I, he doesn't have many guys, if any, that are scheduled to graduate. Yeah. Uh which means that some guys might have some tough, they get some tough conversations. He might have to have some tough conversations with people. Yeah. Do it again. Kind of be like, I want you to leave again. It could be. Yeah. Uh, if he wants to get this thing turned around and improve the talent, right? He, he unfortunately might have to, but he also said too, that I guarantee in today's college basketball, when there's losing, there's a, there'll be a minimum of four guys this off season that want to leave just because of the circumstances and their time. So maybe some of this will take care of itself, but I tell you one thing, it will be, we're already working on a plan for something to put onto the site. It will be a next season or next week, two weeks when the basketball season ends, at least locally here. Uh, The transfer portal across the country this year will go insane and we're going to be monitoring it because Robert Morris, Duquesne, West Virginia, and Pitt yeah. uh, should all be 
very active in the season and it'll be really it's probably their only hope uh, as far as uh, having a competitive team next season. And you have three coaches that have been around a while, Jeff Capel, Bob Huggins, and Keith Dameron in particular. Andy Tool. Andy Tool as well, of course, yeah. And Ed Robert Morris, he built that program up. He's not, used to, he's not used to this either. He's used to being a guy that people are talking about, hey, you need to advance and get out of Robert Morris and get a better job. And he's now trying to build that program back again. The, three, the four of them, at the very least, they're going to try to send some messages to these rosters. So it's not going to be everyone back. They're going to have players they are going to want to leave. They're going to have some sit downs and say, hey, it's almost like they're going to treat it like a pro team. We got to make a move. We suck. Yeah. We got to make a move. So if you're not going to help me make a move, I'm going to do what I have to do to, to get you to help me make a move here. So it, it's rough. I, I, it's unbelievable to be shut out in March. And that really sucks for the, for the fans around here. It really does, honestly. Because even when you don't have pit in, there are some local fans, a lot of West Virginia fans here. You get some excitement just having a team locally to cover in March. A lot of people yeah. that cover pit, if they're not there and West Virginia is, they'll go to the West Virginia game. There's nothing to do. I mean, West Virginia might yeah, get NIT. Only, I'm imagining they're going to get NIT. Yeah, the only good, the only good thing this year for the only saving grace, I guess you could say, for, and Penn State's not there, obviously. Yeah, uh, for Pitt fans or not for uh, for local basketball fans this year is the fact that uh, uh, the first couple rounds of March Madness will be in Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. Uh, that th- that'll be it. That'll be their taste. That'll be as close as they're getting to uh, yeah. March Madness this year. Uh, so they'll be able to live through that and live through the excitement of, uh, you know, whatever the six, seven games <laughs> that are played there. Yeah. But it'll be a long off season. And I can tell personally, I've talked with, uh, I've talked with both uh, uh, Andy tool and uh, Keith Dambrod. It, it's been a, uh, it's been hell this season for them. This is not something they're, they're I'm winners. Sure. Uh, they're, yeah. their resume shows that uh, and what's going on with them as far as on the field or on the court and what they've had to deal with, uh, you know, this uh, three, four month basketball season uh, probably feels like a four year. uh, It's been four years on the court this season, as far as uh, crap they've had to go through. So hopefully it gets turned around for them. They're both good guys. Uh, You know, this is a business for us, but once you get to know these guys, you know, you root for them in that sense. You don't want to see them struggle. Right. And, uh, hopefully, they get things turned around here. But I'll, I'm going to uh, just I'm going to leave here with a, a quick statement from. We talk about all the uh, you brought up Bob Hoggins and today's players and whether he's able to relate yeah. and all this stuff. And, I, and I, I'm going to use this statement that I always have here in my phone here. As far as <laughs> I'm serious, as far as changing who you are in dealing with kids today and players today and whether you should change for them. And I think if you listen to this, if you hear this, this is what these old timers go by. And this is why they will not change what they do because they believe in stuff like this. Lower your, lower your standards and you'll lose your winners, raise your standards and you'll lose your losers. I gotcha. That's perfect. Yeah. You keep your standards up. You do what you do. You don't change for anyone. You don't, uh, you know. Especially when there's a, a history of success. You yes. I mean, it's not we're like. You're talking about a Hall of Fame. You're right. talking about a Hall of Fame coach. You don't change for anybody. Yeah, I right. don't care if it's 2022 or what it is, but uh, you are who you are. You have a pattern of success. You do what you do. And if they don't like it, out. 
Yeah. Maybe you send me that. I want to be able to look at that every morning as well. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'm sure. And honestly, I'll tell you this, Mike, you don't have to worry about it. Bob Huggins, Keith Danbrot, Andy Tool, and probably Jeff Capel too. Maybe Jeff Capel's adjusting a little bit, but certainly Bob Huggins. Not changing for anyone. Bob Huggins is the least likely of these four coaches we talked about. That man is not changing. He is set in his ways. It has been positive. It has been good. It has been winning ways. There is no um, no way he is changing. And maybe a little tweak. He's, he's not. So if that's what you want, you're just going to be mad I forever. Can tell you Keith, I can tell you Keith Danbron ain't changing or anything. No, you're not changing either. <laughs> and I guess my last little thing here as we close up the show, no matter what's going on with these players or coaches, and, yeah, it's been rough, it's absurd, and, and it's not acceptable for Bob Huggins to win one out of 12 by any means. I don't care that he's going to the Hall of Fame. It's just ridiculous, 100%. No excuse for any of it. DMing somebody's girlfriend, DMing their, their, their friends, attacking people's relatives is just way too far and ridiculous. I don't yeah. care how, how poorly they're playing. I don't care what's going on. They can miss every shot. Leave them alone. Like that, yeah. Anyone who's not them in their circle should be off out of bounds. And it's just crazy. It's just ridiculous. I, uh, yeah. Not to end that way, but it's just ridiculous. That'll do it for this edition of the show. What a, a somber note to end the week. These teams are forcing it that way with how they've been playing. We'll see if anyone turns it around. And we will see. Keep close eye. If West Virginia can make a run in the Big 12 tournament, or I guess they're getting to the NIT, but that is the only hope right now locally is if they can start, stack, and win. They said they needed four with the remaining five. They lost one. They literally need to win out, according to Bob Huggins. I doubt it. But, but 